0: Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. Howdy. Hello. Hola. Buenos noches. Buenos noches is a good night, I think. Yeah. Hey, it's Johnny, aka Wani, coming to you live from <laughs> From Tulum, Mexico, Quintana Roo, how are you doing? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. Talk pesos, talk dinero. I I think I'm fucking talking Spanish here, but uh, (laughs) talk dinero or don't speak is this week's episode. Coming to you live, special episode recorded live from Tulum, Mexico. I think I already said that, but thank you for tuning in. Um, today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about traveling, right? Um, pretty on theme. But first, please forgive me. I have done you wrong. The quality uh the audio is not going to be there this week. You know, I know you guys are usually like, oh my God, he's so crisp. He's so crisp. How does he sound so crisp? <laughs> well, you know, I have a nice little recording studio. It's not that nice, but it's a studio. It's, it's, it's home. It's home. But um, today, the video quality and the audio quality will not be up there. I'm literally coming live from the jungle, straight from the jungle. Doo-doo-doo-doo. Doo-doo-doo-doo. I feel like I'm getting a lot of mixed uh, songs all mixed up together. But as you can see in the background here, well, it's getting a little dark in the in the jungle. But um, I wanted to make sure that I brought you guys some juicy tidbits, some juicy talk, cash, cash talk. There we go. Um, but yeah, we want to talk about how to travel right on a, on a budget, um, or how to travel on, you know, not a budget, but just travel for cheap or figure out ways to do it in a financially responsible manner. Because I, I have this thought and it's really not a thought. It's, uh, it's actual facts, right? It's straight out the lion's mouth, the lion that I wrestled for dinner last night. I know. Tiger King? I'm fucking Lion King, baby. I'm fucking Simba in this bitch. Uh, I take down all the lions. Okay, but we live in an age right now where people do a lot of shit for the gram, right? A lot of shit for uh, social media. And that's all well and great. Like, who cares, right? If you want to do something, you need the validation from posting something on social media. You know, muchos gracias. You know, thank you very much for letting me know that. <laughs>
1: My translations
0: are terrible, but um, you don't have to do it. You have to, You don't have to go broke doing it. And I feel like a lot of people go into debt. They can't even think about being broke. They have debt. You're negative, bro. You don't even have a low net worth. Your net worth, if your net worth is negative, so don't do that. Let's talk about how not to do that, right? Because what you see on social media, what you see a lot of people doing with their lives um yeah, i think i made the episode a couple of weeks ago like don't com- uh, quality versus quantity and like comparing yourself to others people are taking on massive amounts of debt to do certain things and it's uh i mean the rooster's going to come home calling at some point but i've uh, i've been meeting a lot of people out here that actually kind of like gave up their maybe like their corporate job i know that's like a huge trend these days but they're like oh yeah i moved out here on a whim and uh, let's see some girls the here they were promoters Um, our girl today, our, our tour guide host is, uh, touring or helping people do excursions, like going to the Mayan ruins, going to cenotes, um, uh, going snorkeling with turtles. They go looking for whale sharks, pretty cool stuff, right? So there's ways you can sustain the life without, I mean, I just don't think those people are really the ones that are worried about net worth. So I think there's two routes. You either just give it all up, right? forget the corporate world, capitalism in general, you just like maybe benefit on it from the other side, but come out here and come out to a a destination like this, Costa Rica, um, Puerto Rico. I mean, where do you have any expertise? And then where do you have some like language that could help you, right? There's French speaking uh, countries as well. You could go, um, where are the French speaking countries? There is Dominica, they speak French there I'm pretty sure. Um, there's a lot of options right if you speak German I think you got to go to Germany <laughs> I don't know if any of the islands have Germany right but um, you can you can speak your language your second language and teach that and also there's the option of you doing these types of excursions that's one route and you're basically living paycheck to paycheck but What's the idea of living paycheck to paycheck anyway, right? It's that you don't have any saved for a rainy day, so you can go on a nice vacation or something. If you're out here, you're kind of already in paradise. So I just worry what these people are going to do when they're like 50, 60, right? You can't really be like the excursion leader. You can't go fucking scuba diving when you're 60. I mean, I, that's a bad example, but you you probably don't want to do like cliff diving when you're 60. So when you're young, it's all cool, but like people need to still think about the future and, and we're not going to be young forever. That's my biggest concern. And I think, um, I think that's the downside to like living that type of life. But people are like, I mean, people might figure it out. You can always probably go back to the corporate world. It's kind of hard though. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about like how to break it down for those that don't want to give up their corporate life, but just want to go on vacation. Right. So let's, the, the biggest, the biggest tip Credit cards, luxury credit cards, or like premium travel credit cards. Chase Sapphire Reserve. I use the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And um, another option is the, let's see, Bank of America. I had that was like my first travel card. That one's not a very good one. Amex Platinum is a good one. Chase Sapphire Reserve. This is my preferred one. There is an annual fee of. 500 a year and with that it gets you first of all access to priority pass which is basically like an international travel lounge sometimes some hotels or not some hotels sorry some airports have a full-on lounge where you can go and chill or they can get you access to a different lounge like air france for example um lufthansa air british airways lounge american airways lounge And then certain places like the Denver airport, for example, they give you a $26 per person up to four people credit at one of their partner restaurants in the airport. So that is a great way right there. If you travel a lot to save money on dining in the airport, I love a cheeky a little McDonald's before a flight doesn't exactly make you feel great, but it's, it's ritual, you know, maybe you're a Starbucks type of gal. Maybe you're a starbucks drinker but this right here 26 bucks that's your beer right that's your your airport beer which is one of the best beers out there period airport beers pre-drink airport beers Oof, name a better beer right maybe the beer while you're while your girl is getting ready that's a good beer and for girls that's your glass of wine while you're getting ready but, but i mean you're still like you're not you're stressed a little bit because you're getting ready right so i think the airport beer is up there one of the best beers but that's a beer and a meal for $26 and you don't have to pay anything. And then you just like tip on top of it. So that's pretty, that's a pretty great way to start a trip off and save some money. All right. You get airline points, you're, you get, sorry, you get credit card points for every dollar spent. So if you spend money on travel or dining a lot, which is honestly, I did an assessment in 2018 and that's where a lot of my money went other than like rent. I'm not a big like clothes shopper. That's a damn lie. But not in the grand scale of things there. So that's what I was spending a lot of money on. And I'm like, I wanna get points on it. So you get three points on travel, three points on dining. And then those points usually redeem for about like 10 cents a point. Um, So if you get like 20,000, then boom, that's 20,000 points is $2,000 towards travel. And then if you redeem them, redeem them through the, the Chase Airline portal, then you get more points that way too. That's like 10X points. Um, I think you get like 5X on all of Lyft. It might be 10X on Lyft, actually. So whenever you're riding, riding around the city, right? Hop in, hop in the Ubers, getting get in your, your trip to Ocean Prime on the weekend. Make some, make some free money on the side. So if you do it right, you really don't have to pay for trips if you don't want to because you can redeem them for travel rewards. You can redeem them for hotel rewards or you can redeem them Straight in the Chase portal. That's Chase. That's my experience. I use that. So what I did to pay for the flights down here to Mexico it was uh, like eleven hundred dollars. I think it was a thousand, and then like fees on top of that. Unfortunately, the fees don't usually get covered with like your your points. But I had a lot of Southwest points already. I transferred some of my Chase points to Southwest, and then mixed the Southwest points that I already had from having a loyalty program with Southwest, and I used the additional new bucket of Southwest airline points, and all of that covered that flight. And then I paid like $150 on, of fees and taxes because that's unfortunately what trips, what the, uh, what the points can't go to. So that's a, a great way to do it right there, right? That was, a, I mean, the flight is oftentimes the most expensive part of getting somewhere or, or of, the, of a trip. Sometimes you can find cheap hotels. There are hostels here in Tulum. I recommend hostels. Uh, If traveling as a couple, depending on the couple, right, if you have a bougie girl like mine, she's not going to let you stay in a hostel, bro, unfortunately. But if you're traveling solo, this is how you can travel for like a month and really use your money towards actually having the experience there versus having to just like put a roof under your head. Hostels, you can make friends too. If you're traveling solo, hostels are an amazing, amazing way to, to go about it. But hotel-wise too, you can find your budget hotels. A couple, I know a couple of months ago, I was talking about the Comfort Inn in Nashville. Yeah, terrible time. <laughs> but um, if you want to splurge, then maybe you can redeem some points. If you're staying at like a Sheraton or a Hilton, you can do the same thing where you, you exchange credit card points into that loyalty program. That's my experience with the Chase Sapphire. There is also another luxury card out there that's very popular. It's uh, a little more expensive. I think it's a $700 annual fee, maybe 690, 650. It's the Amex Platinum Reserve. So that is a really good option right there. And then there's an Amex Gold, which is a little better if you spend more money eating out. The Amex Platinum, probably up there with Chase Sapphire Reserve as the best travel card or the premium travel card out there. So you get points into the, instead of Chase Sapphire points, they're Amex portal points. And, they, and then you can redeem them pretty much the same exact way. Now, one leg up that the Platinum Reserve has over the Chase Sapphire Reserve is the Centurion Lounges. These are amazing. I think you can also pay for like a day pass there, but the Amex Centurion Lounge is lounges in airports that have food, they have drink, cocktails, or just water, and a place to put your feet up in a. In a airport. Centurion Lounge gives you a place to use some secure and safer Wi-Fi. And it allows you to also put your feet up, relax, have a bite or two without having to spend money because it's already baked into the card. So you have to look at the, the actual benefits here. But Uber, I think there's a, a $10 credit every single month. It's about $150 a year annual credit to Uber. It breaks down to $10 a month. And then I think the final two months, it's like 12 and a half or you get like 25 one month instead of 10 um so so that's another great way right if you're ubering if you live in a city probably ubering at least once a month and an uber ride is pretty much anywhere from seven to fifteen dollars depending on where you're going they might be more so you get your money back on the uber too then there is also a i think it's a i have i'm not sure if it's a 200 or 300 hundred dollar credit towards travel towards airlines and this is with the amex but there it's it's towards fees and upgrades and Like if you want to drink on the plane or if you want to upgrade your seat, that's the kind of thing it goes to. So that's why I thought with the Chase Sapphire Preferred or Chase Sapphire Reserve, sorry, Chase Sapphire Reserve, you get $300 annual credit right away, blank check statement credit towards any type of travel. You, You spend money on an Uber and it just starts deducting it from that. So that's kind of nice. It's very flexible with the Amex, Reserve or sorry, the yeah, with the MX Platinum, it's not as flexible. And I don't really find the value in upgrading seat costs for like, I mean, having 200 or $300 of upgraded seat costs throughout a year because that's not the type of traveler I am. I'll fly coach. Okay. I'll fly coach. I'm okay with that. Just trying to get there, just trying to get to the destination. But some people want to upgrade their seats, pay for specific seats, maybe pay for in flight entertainment and also another reason why i don't like the flexibility of that american express card uh the platinum is because you have to stick to one airline you have that credit is only allowed you choose one airline every single year so that kind of sucks i don't like that but there are other travel perks too those are the two that should be compared another option if you like southwest if you find yourself flying southwest a lot Southwest has a sign-up bonus where you spend $4,000, which for me is about like a month and a half of spend or a month of spending. So what I would do is I would just put everything on that card for a month, pay it off. And then boom, I've, I've gained that bonus of like, I think right now it's like 50,000 points. When I did the uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve, that was a hundred thousand point bonus, which is really nice. That's a hundred dollars right there, roughly, give or take, depending on the way you redeem them. So the, the Southwest card is nice because of something called the companion pass. If you don't know about a companion pass and you fly Southwest, you are you are falling you're asleep at the wheel, and I'm gonna wake you up right now. So here's the deal: the companion pass allows you and one companion to fly. Well, the companion will fly free with you on any flight, basically like a buddy pass kind of thing. You're the tag along buddy, any flight for an entire year. So you have to hit a certain threshold of spend flights throughout the year. But with that signup bonus, it makes it pretty easy to do. And if you're already spending money with Southwest, you get a lot of redemption points through Southwest. Um, I think you also get a flat rate, 1.5 points maybe for all other travel type of spend. If you just use that card for everything for a year, you'll have your buddy and then you and your significant other can travel, your, your significant other basically travels with you for free for a year. So do with that as you will. You guys can split the, split the costs or maybe that's just a chance to just do a couple of vacations and um, you know worry about how you guys are going to split that again. But one person pays the full cost. The other person, it's just taxes, basically. So if I spend $300 on a flight on Southwest and I have the companion pass, the other person with me traveling, probably like $15, $20 because of taxes and fees. So that's, that's a really nice option right there. I think that, and then the, the Southwest card, there is an annual fee to that one too. It's $90. So most of these are pay to play, right? If you are spending the money already, you're probably going to get the value from doing the, the premium card. You're probably gonna get your spend's worth. And the benefit to that is that now you're traveling with someone free for an entire year. That's awesome, that's dope. I think that that's a better option for a lot of people because the Chase Sapphire Reserve, the American Express Platinum, those aren't really, those aren't really starter cards. So you need to build up credit, for example. But the, the thing is like you have to have good credit before someone will let you do that. So start with maybe like a Bank of America travel rewards card. That's the one I started with, no annual cost. Or if you can get approved, do that companion. Uh, do the Southwest card. The Southwest card is run through Chase though, and this is a pro tip right here. There is a five in twenty four rule with all Chase cards. What does that mean? Right, you can apply for five cards in twenty four months. Anything more than that, I have five Chase cards. I'm applying for a sixth. I've got Baller credit. I'm uh I'm Pablo Escobar himself, and I'm looking for a new trip, new vacation, and I want to use some some bonus points there. Can't do that. They will reject me because that would be my 6th card if it was in if they were all in 24 months and it'll be an automatic rejection. So you need to know that and you need to prioritize the good cards of Chase like the Sapphire Reserve. There's a Sapphire Preferred too, which is kind of nice, but not quite as good for travel bonuses, but there's no annual fee to it. So that's kind of nice there. But if you know you're going to want to use a Southwest card, for example, and you already have like five Chase Sapphire or sorry, Chase cards, then you need to wait until the end of a 24 month period or until one of those credit, um, credit hits moves over or, or basically rubs out of that 24 months. Those are some of the best travel options I got for you there. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Oh, loyalty. Loyalty as well to a hotel brand and to an airline. Pick one or two, depending on where you fly out of. I've mentioned this before on episodes, but right now, Southwest, that's a way to go. Denver, Frontier is another one that I have a program with because they're always flying in and out of Denver. The Den- Denver's a hub. But I think those are, those are uh, some of the best options for me. You need to decide what those are for you. When it comes to hotels, where do you like to stay? What type of hotel do you like, right? If you like uh, Hilton, which has really gone downhill over the fucking years, but some people like the double treat. Some people like that chocolate chip cookie that they put under your bed, under your pillow waiting for you, you know? (laughs) If that's worth it to go to a Hilton, then pick the Hilton program. Another really good one is uh, the Crown, what is it? Um, Yeah, the Crown Plaza is part of IHG. So I would say the big three are Marriott, which is Marriott kind of combined. It's called Bonvoy. Now it's every all Marriott Bonvoy. There's that, there's Hilton, there's IHG. Those are, those are great. If you will always stay at the four seasons, then you're a bigger baller than I am. And uh, you can get a four seasons loyalty program. Every dollar you spend there, when you stay, it's going to then come back to you in the form of reward benefits, like free nights or free upgrades Maybe um, some hotels do like a spend at their hotel bar or dinner. So again, it's all about like saving some money where you can there. And then that allows you to have more to actually experience your your vacation. That's, um, that's, That's some of the best tips to save money. Another is try to have some flexibility when you fly. If it has to be one week, unfortunately, sometimes that's gonna happen. But if you can have some flexibility and maybe book one week instead of another or book a Thursday to a Wednesday trip, instead of a classic like Friday to a Friday trip, then you're probably gonna get better rates on rooms and on flights because everybody's doing that Friday to Friday, right? No one's doing the Wednesday to to Friday. So like two or three of those nights, they're gonna be um, low business nights for certain hotels. And therefore they will give you a lower rate to incentivize you to come. That travel flexibility really comes in handy. The odd time flights, Like the first one in the morning or one of the last ones at the end of the day, those are usually some of the best uh, and some of the, sorry, some of the cheapest, not the best. It just depends on when you like to fly, right? Um, But those are some of the best tips I have for saving money. Those are what I almost always try to do. There used to be another tip out there that like Tuesday was the best day to book flights. I don't believe that's the case anymore. I now believe that it changes just depending on supply and demand because COVID kind of messed up the whole travel industry, right? Like people weren't flying for two years. Um, I flew to Tampa once for like a hundred bucks from Denver. Ooh, that was sweet. Good times flying during COVID. And I had the whole row to myself. I had the whole emergency row to myself. I could lie sideways across the two or three seats. Amazing times. But now that like we're back, flights are kind of expensive again. And so therefore, I, I just don't really believe that Tuesday is the best day anymore. And I think you should just look, look up the times for like a week, like have like a week or two that you're like, I'm going to stock the prices here. And when I see something that I like, I'm going to book it. Boom. A lot of hotels will do price matching too. So when we went, I went to Chicago last year and I booked through the actual, I, I booked at Bonvoy, I booked at one of the Marriott hotels. And I booked it directly through them. I called, but they do a price match program. And I told them I'd seen a cheaper option on, it might've been Priceline. And then they're like, okay, email it to us. And if it's good, if it, if it checks out, then not only will we match that price, but we'll give you either a 25% discount on, the, on the, the daily rate, the nightly rate, or we'll give you points. So of course I took the discount on the nightly rates, even though, I mean, if I was planning another trip with another marriott and mine maybe those points would be good too um certain credit cards too certain corporate credit cards and certain credit cards in general like american express ones give you automatic status like a platinum status or or whatnot at some of these hotel chains too which automatically gives you like a night or two discount and then you get like better um check-in times or late checkout early check-in those types of perks too so you need to do your research and figure out like what perks you want right what do i want do i want to be able to just fly like a budget airline as much as possible or do i want to do the nice stuff and travel maybe like once every two years or something and then from there i recommend doing your research and looking up reviews i am a paranoid motherfucker when it comes to doing reviews on trips i will use google and then i'll use like yelp all my homies hate Yelp though, fuck Yelp. I'll look on TripAdvisor. I'll go on Reddit and start looking at Reddit and just look for pro tips of people who either live there or travel there a lot. And then I leverage that information. There's a lot of information out there on the internet. Use it. Yeah. So that is, um, that is my recommendation for trying to travel and save some pennies along the way. I don't recommend, like if you're, if you're in debt and trying to pay off the debt, Maybe you go on a vacation, but maybe it's more of like a staycation or where you can drive somewhere or uh, camping. I know a lot of people like camping in Colorado because it's, it's cheaper too. But I think you should be prioritizing getting out of the hole that you're in because using credit card points or anything to pay off your travel, that might be a good option, but you're still like, you're just swimming in place and you need to prioritize one goal at a time. That should probably be getting out of debt. That's my personal belief. I'm not saying don't have fun. I'm just saying when you travel, just know that like you should be more mindful of the money you're spending, try to do it smarter. And another thing kind of like kind of juxtaposes that idea right there. But when you go on and travel, this is something that I find myself doing sometimes and it's not very fun, right? Don't go on a, a vacation and like worry about money the whole time. Set your budget in advance, no, this is how much I'm spending, right? Then when you're there, you can kind of plan your activities around that budget. If you just get there and then you start spending, but you're always worrying about money, it's gonna stress you out and potentially ruin your vacation. So plan ahead, do all the stressful work before you get on vacation so that when you're there, you know I can spend $300 a day, right? Boom, okay, $300 a day for three days. And that's perfect because now I can get dinner for 100. I can spend you know, 10 on taxis. And then you, know, you still have a little leftover. But by, by really like, and then use an Excel sheet maybe too, to help you do that. But by having it all visualized and laid out like that, you're not going to stress and you're not going to give into the urge of compulsion spending when you're there. That's something I worry about because it's like, oh, we're going to go make some new friends, but those friends have more extensive taste, or maybe they don't have the same financial discipline I have. So it's like, stick to the plan. That's a big Sean song right there. You should go check that out. It's a really good one. He's like, stay focused. Yeah. So that is uh, – those are my tips. I, you know That's what I got for you. Enjoy any travels you have coming up. If you need recommendations, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, I hated when I was single and, like, people on their Hinge or on their Tinder would be like, 17 countries traveled." It's like uh, – it, let's not get into a measuring con- – a dick measuring contest of, of who's traveled to more countries because you're not going to fucking win. But <laughs> – but at the same time, like some people just base their whole personality around travel. And it's like, yo, you're running from things at your home life. That's kind of what I think too sometimes. So I don't know. Enjoy your travels. Don't make it your entire life. Don't make it your entire personality. Don't go broke trying to travel for other people. And sometimes people are going to tell you, oh, don't go here, go there, because the, the money will be better well spent. Please take that into consideration. Because you can still have a good time on vacation. You don't have to spend a lot of money, right? Like that's, and then maybe, maybe, maybe. This is another tr- idea I like. You go to a luxury hotel for like a day or two. You get that taste. You get that that vacation style, you know? Ooh, weighted out hand and foot. That's nice. But then you go into a hostel for a couple of days too or something. There are so many ways you can be flexible. That's like the biggest key to saving money and um, like prioritizing being financially literate and, and disciplined while traveling it's just be flexible be flexible stay focused that's a, that's it. that's the motto be flexible stay focused make more money so you don't have to worry about this that's kind of my uh thinking I have some friends that are like oh yeah like let's we gotta like up our game and find more people who are like doing really cool things because that'll motivate us to do more mo- To make more money, which I kind of like, but that is like the definition of the rat race. And it's like not necessarily what I want to do, but I do believe in making more money. I just don't want to make more money just to like spend it, if that makes sense. I want to make more money to invest it, get out of the rat race, and then my life's a fucking vacation, yo. But everybody has different mindsets. I do always recommend, and I think I promote it almost every episode, find a way to make more money, side hustle or... Yeah. I mean, side hustle, work two fucking jobs these days. If you're working remotely, depends on your job, right? Like, if you Or get a commission-based job, get a sales job. I know some people think that's the most scary thing ever. Oh my God, but what if nobody buys anything? Then yeah, don't, don't do a sales job then. But you could, you could probably try it out. And it's not just for extroverts either. I know some people that are very introverted and, and do very well in sales. Yeah. People, thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. Sorry for the quality changes. But we'll be back um, next week to special guest alert. We got an e-commerce entrepreneur, Jaden Mavu coming on. And that's going to be a great one. But for right now, just put Johnny in your ear. Treat me like I'm Sade. (laughs) Signing off on another lovely Talk Cash Tuesday. Thank you all. Peace.